listen to the DC Preteen Podcast. I'm your host, Maurice Hawkins. Uh, ironically, my uh, co-host, Jonathan Osmond, is not here this week because he's actually uh, in Mexico celebrating his birthday. So we want to wish Jonathan a happy birthday. Um, but we have an exciting guest for you today. Uh, today we have a, uh, a Virginia Tech Hokie legend, uh, former NFL uh, star, and also, you know, for an interesting note, he is on city council in the city of Virginia Beach. A uh, gentleman by the name of Aaron Rouse. Uh, how are you doing today, Aaron? I'm doing good, Mo. Thank Maurice. Thank you for having me, man. I, I don't know if I uh, can I call you Mo on here. Or do you, you can call me. Maurice? You can call me Mo on here. You can call me Mo on here. All Absolutely. Right. All right. All right. Cool. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Aaron. So you know you you know we we usually do a lot of talk about the the work you do in the community serving on city council but we want you to put your uh, gridiron hat back on and everything and like i said earlier you know you were a standout of uh, uh virginia tech you know the number one uh college football program in the commonwealth of virginia and one of the top programs of the country so uh just kind of give us like a little intro background about you and your football life yeah man thanks thanks Maurice. first thank you for having me uh on here I think, uh, you know, I've, I've been playing football since I was eight or nine years old and coming from originally Norfolk, Virginia, um, it was a way for me to stay out the street, stay out of trouble, um, away from my mind and know what I was doing when I was outside of the house. And so football was like an outlet. It was a, it was a safe outlet for me. Um, and so I started playing, eight, like I said, about eight, nine years old for the, um, the Young Park Clovers. And so at that time, I started off playing tight end because I was taller than every other kid out there. Um, but I really, I didn't, I really did. I had natural talent, but those talents didn't take, uh, didn't shape up until, you know, quite a, a, a few years later. And so I played every position. I ended up moving to Virginia Beach and uh, played at uh, Lynn Haven Middle School. I was a DN at one point, a linebacker, uh, receiver. In middle school, they didn't know too much about what to do with me. And so... <laughs> Once I got to First Colonial um, under uh, legendary high school football coach Frank Webster, and then um, I started playing for Coach Scarborough after that. You know, I, I never came off the field, so I played every position from quarterback to receiver to running back, linebacker, uh, safety, DB, you name it, I played it. And so um, that allowed me to, to garner the attention of um, Virginia Tech. And at this time, Virginia Tech was coming off their, you know, 99, 1999 national championship run with a fellow named Michael Vick, who just completely changed the game um, at the quarterback position in, in this era. Even though, if you know football, you know, there was Warren Moon, there were, there were other players, Randall Cunningham before Vick. Um, but in this era, uh, Michael just, he just did it electrifying. So um, having coach Frank Vamer and, uh, and Brian Steinspring coming to Virginia Beach my junior year in high school, they offered me a full scholarship. And so that was so important for a number of reasons because my family and I, we, we grew up very poor, humble beginnings. We, we never even talked about college at all. And so my mother's main um, goal and uh, major saying was graduate from high school, just graduate from high school um, because she understood guys and, and young men where I'm from and um, young boys and especially African-American or black young boys are either dead or in jail by 18 or 21. And so she was like, just graduate from high school. So when Frank and them came down and Coach Beamer, and I want to continue. I, I call him Frank. I'm on a first name basis with him now. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but he's always uh, he's always Coach Beamer. 
Um, and so uh, when he came down and offered me a full scholarship, it was uh, it was life changing. You know, I was a first generational college student um, as well, and um, going to college, it was just a, it was a completely different ball game. But it was it was extremely fun. Um, but I ended up having my my son, who's 19 years old now. I had my son who was my freshman year in college, so I had a different college experience than a lot of my teammates. So a lot of times after big games, we would win. We, you know, I like to think we, we boasted the number one ranked defense a few years in a row, top three at least. Um, as well, we had a number of players uh, for the NFL draft, make all conference, or made all conference first team, made all ACC, and, and things of that nature. Um, but like I said, after the big games, you know, they would go off and have a good time after the game, and I would hop in my Chevrolet Caprice and and drive uh, five and a half hours back home to Hampton Roads to 757 to see my family. And so my college experience was completely different. So, Aaron, um, two things. One, so um, because, you know, I'm on a podcast and I'm actually in house, I got to uh, let my roommate in real quick. But, okay. uh, but before I do that, I know it's going to sound crazy, but, hey, it's the podcast. Um Talk about getting ready to transition from the uh, college game to the NFL, and what was that like for you? Sure, I mean transitioning from from college to the pros. It it is. Do you want me to wait till you come back? Uh, no, just go ahead. All right. Um, transitioning from the college to the pros is more like um, it, it is you have to become a professional because obviously college is considered amateur, but a lot of things you can get away with on the college level. And what I mean by that is rounding off routes, not taking proper angles to the ball or not being in a, um, not playing with the correct technique or pad level um, or, you know, maybe even taking some plays off. You probably can get away with some of those things in college, right? Mm-hmm. But in the NFL, you can't, man. I mean, some of the best guys in the NFL or players who have come through were not always the fastest. They weren't always the most talented, but their technique was impeccable. Their technique was sound, and it allowed them to be um, dependable and and consistently dependable. And I think that is uh, the difference between college football and professional football is to consistently the consistency day in and day out to be a professional. All right. Now you hear a lot of times when people talk about uh, that, the worst NFL team would destroy the best college football team. Uh, <laughs> like say like an Alabama type of situation. Yeah. Do you think that's true? Just Yeah. I mean, I do <laughs> just, I do. Uh, <laughs> in, NFL, you may think the team may be bad because mm-hmm. there's a lot of different complexities, you know, when you're dealing with the NFL team. Right. I mean, contracts, mm-hmm. you know, positions, players, talent. But make no mistake about it, every single player in the NFL can play. Mm-hmm. They just may not be in a, in a right system to showcase their talent. Mm-hmm. But everybody can play. And the most um, – the obvious thing, but it gets overlooked, is the NFL's a grown – those are grown men. <laughs> right. Those, those aren't, you know, these pubescent type of young, you know, you know, college kids. Right. You know, those are those are young men as well. But these are grown men, and mm-hmm. that and grown man strength is something completely different. Um, and right. that's at every position. So. Right. So, 
this week, the uh, Washington Commanders, the team that we cover here on this podcast, they're taking on um, the legendary Green Bay Packers, you know, the gold standard of NFL excellence, you know, going back to Curly Lambeau, Vince Lombardi. Uh, I would say Brett Favre, but he's got some legal problems right now. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, now with Aaron Rodgers, you know, being one of the elite quarterbacks and everything like that. Uh, talk about your time as a uh, – because you played for the Packers and the Giants, correct? Correct. All right. So, so talk, I think mm-hmm. – So I'm talk sorry. about your time with the Packers and just kind of the mystique of Green Bay and – you know, what, what's that mean as far as, you know, this upcoming game uh, against the Commanders? Sure. Thank you. Thank you for that question. You know, I had a, a really great time playing for the Packers organization. I mean, you talk about one of the older, one of the oldest organizations in the NFL. Um, and, and what you understand is that when you get to Green Bay and you, you get a chance to step on and play on Lambeau Field, you are a part of history. You know, not many NFL players have the opportunity to play for such uh, a storied and prestigious um, organization such as the Packers, you know, an organization where um, the fans are actually on a part of the team. And so, um, you know, they, they certainly have um, a love affair for their Packers. It, it's almost this hometown feeling with a, with a big, with a big city um, type of uh, attention on it, I'll, I'll say, but it's, it's, you know, it was, it was really great. It was it was a great experience playing for them. Um, it wasn't that much different as far as um, the town wise from Blacksburg, and so. Um, but you understand right away when you, you you play somewhere else and some of the the more newer and notable um, arenas, you know, like um, you know uh, the Giant Stadium in New Jersey just got built, or the Bank of America U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota. You know, these are newer stadiums um, as well. Um, and they, they also have their own unique history, but nothing kind of, you know, matches the the Packers um, and Lambeau Field type history. All right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, did you have a legendary play with the Packers um, that you're known for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I had a little play there. Um <laughs> But no, man. You know, I have a uh, I set a Lambeau Field record for the the longest interception return, um, and that was against uh, that was ninety nine yards against Peyton Manning, and so um, I'm quite proud of that. So, so let me get this straight. I'm talking to a man who has the longest interception return for a touchdown in Green Bay Packers history at Lambeau Field, and the quarterback you intercepted was the Peyton Manning. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, got, some, got some NFL royalty on this podcast, my friends. Nah, you're too kind. <laughs> you're, you're too you're too kind, man. But again, I think um, that that organization and, and the way it, it's run, it, it is the gold standard, you mm-hmm. know. And so, um, I'm I'm proud of my time with the Packers, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I had a, a great experience there. All right, so. Now that you are in public service, you know, you know, Aaron is my councilman in uh, on the Virginia Beach City Council where I live. You know, he actually represents me and he does a great job doing that. Um, in, in, in all the, you know, local commitments you have with the city, does it really impact your ability to keep up with the game? It does. Mm-hmm. It does, man. You know, because wow, 
I uh, I don't I don't get a chance to watch Thursday night football like mm-hmm. I, I like I want to mm-hmm. Sundays. I'm usually building up my schedule for the week, and so I usually try to catch the highlights mm-hmm. as well. And by the time Sunday night football comes on, I'm I'm like drained. Um, <laughs> also, but you know, again, I'm never too far removed from the game. The, mm-hmm. I think the most the most I miss about playing international football and even in college. Mm-hmm. I even go all the way back to high school. It's just the players, you know, the guys, that, that friendship, that camaraderie, that mm-hmm. um, um, that that environment. Because, mm-hmm. listen, you, athletes, especially, you know, football players, they have unique personalities. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you were here, you, the funniest stories, the funniest jokes, you know, you have the serious guys, you have the guys who are really laid back. You have, you know, your guys who are kind of like to themselves. But when you step on that field and we practice, we all act as, and move as one, man. And it's it's a true brotherhood. And, and that's what I miss. I, I miss about the game the most is, is, is my guys. Right, right. So... So we're in 2022. Uh, the Packers are three and three. Had a, a really shocking loss to the New York Jets. I mean, I think that was the most surprising game outcome this past uh, uh, weekend. Uh, what are your thoughts on the 2022 Packers? I mean, I know, I know you're busy, you know, um, doing the public um, servant, but sure. I need to keep an eye on them. What are your thoughts on the Packers yeah. this season? Well, I think is when you go when you. First of all, you never count the Packers out. The, the season is very, very early. I think we, what we've seen in in years past, where teams would make the playoffs nine and seven, right? Mm-hmm. And so, right. really, you just want to make sure you kind of break five hundred around playoff time to give yourself a shot to make it to the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. with that being said, I think what we are used to seeing the Packers play at such a high level that when they are having a year like or, or beginning like they are uh, to the season, like they are having now, it's kind of shocking. It's like, what happened? Well, right. what happened is you take a, a, a magnificent player like Devontae Adams, who's Aaron Rodgers' number one receiver, mm-hmm. you take him away. Now, all of a sudden, Aaron Jones is struggling, you know, to, to run the ball, and he's a great running back as well. Mm-hmm. He's struggling to run the ball because now defenses don't have to, you know, they can put eight men in the box to stop the run, you mm-hmm. know, and they can make, these other young receivers prove themselves, which they have been struggling to do so. I mean, mm-hmm. we know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, but it also what you do, what that allows you to do when you take a player or um, like Devontae Adams, and he's no longer there, they allow the defense to hone in more on your Aaron Rodgers and forces him um, to make those those same throws, those same passes, which we know he can make, but he's he's the 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 ability of the receivers aren't quite where they need to be right now. One thing in NFL, we always said it is a, what have you done for me now lately type of league, right? Yeah. Last week doesn't matter. Even the touchdown you may have made, you know, in the game that doesn't count anymore. It's mm-hmm. what are you doing for me right now? And, right. and that's what I think is kind of been shocking for mm-hmm. Packer Nation and um, even Aaron Rodgers in itself. Right. So now we go up in this matchup against uh, the, the Packers and the Commanders, and uh, the Packers have lost the game. Um, 
you know, they're three and three. Commanders are two and four. Uh, had a ugly win, probably one of the ugliest wins I've ever seen uh, <laughs> against uh, the Packers' chief rival, the Chicago Bears, at yeah. Soldier Field. Uh, give us kind of like your expert analysis of what do you think that game's going to look like this Sunday? Well, I think it's going to be a dogfight. You have two teams who are who are fighting. Um, trying to get their get on the right side of a, of a winning season, and mm-hmm. and and Moa, I'll tell you, there is no such thing as an ugly win. It, it doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter if you win by one, right. or seven, or three. It, it does not matter. A, yeah. a win is a win, and they're hard to come by. In Fair NFL. enough. And so, but I think it's, it's going to be a dogfight, man. I think the Commanders obviously are are fighting, and um, I, I'm sure things aren't going well like like they planned it. Um, but also the Packers, they're really, they're still trying to establish themselves as that, you know, playoff, you know, Super Bowl type of caliber team. But I, what I think they are having is, and both teams are having is, is the realization um, that you need that synchronization that, that on, on both sides of the ball. And, mm-hmm. and that just going to come, that comes with experience. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it would make out to be a great game, though. Yeah, I think what's interesting um, for the commanders, obviously, is that Carson Wentz is out uh, with the broken mm-hmm. finger on his ring finger on his throwing mm-hmm. hand. So he's projected to be out for four to six weeks. And now that brings back the legend, Taylor Heineke. You know, we're, <laughs> we're very familiar with Taylor, yeah. uh, uh, you know, being down here in Tidewater, uh, where he made his name at Old Dominion University. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... Can y'all beat ODU, man? Because these monarchs. Oh man, here these, we go. These monarchs here are out of control, go. man. Here I, look, we go. Look, I was rooting for y'all, man. I, I always root I, I, against ODU. Oh, so. here we go. Okay, well, so. are we are we talking about National Football League? Or you want to talk about? Oh college? no, no. I just saying. I just want y'all to beat them. I'm rooting for y'all. Like I was hurt with y'all, so just you want to put you that want out the there. only one. I mean, but listen yeah. though, listen <laughs> though, we. we Listen, we, we care about our every team in the Commonwealth. We right. are trying to make sure that VA football is, is, is spoken up there like there with the Alabamas and the right. Texas and, and those type of uh, Power 5 schools. So, listen, we're going to get where we need to be. I, I, us- I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Now, can we get back to Oh, yeah, absolutely. Commanders? Absolutely. We can get back to the commanders. Um, but, no, just like – so, we you know – uh, Wentz is out. Heineke's back in. They two totally different styles of football. You know, Heineke is that more actually. Heineke kind of reminds me of far the way he plays the game. You know, he likes to you know likes to stay on the move, throw you know throw off 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 schedule and everything like that. So, what do you think the Packers need to do to kind of contain him um, so he doesn't you know really have a good game? Well, I, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting that that defense, especially the secondary, are mm-hmm. are going to have to step up their game. I mean, anytime mm-hmm. you have a mobile quarterback or or a guy like Heineke who's hungry for a starting position, mm-hmm. you, you have to, you know, you have to be sharp. And so, what I think, uh, and, and I and I think the commanders respond differently differently to Heineke as well. I think mm-hmm. he, he brings something different how they and how they play. I think they they tend to rally around. Um, Heineke, but again, you, you got to put pressure on that on that quarterback. Your D line has to get mm-hmm. off the ball and win the game up front. That's where the game is 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 won or lost that. Right. And for the and for the Commanders, just don't don't beat yourselves. Be consistent. You know, Heineke, don't try to make the big play or mm-hmm. you know, just hey, take what the defense gives you 
and moves along. I think that is what I've learned more by watching the other or the one and only other 40 year quarterback down in Florida. Um, Yeah. Mr. Brady, he he takes what the defense gives him and he moves to change. So, right. So I guess from your standpoint, just switching to um, your side of the ball um, on defense and looking at the commanders of defensive line, you know, you know, with uh, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, uh, Montez Sweat, uh, Chase Young's out, um, Obata will be in there um, holding down the fort. What are your thoughts on the commander's D-line? I mean, you know, you, you have an expert perspective on it playing in the game. Well, you know, without really watching the commander's D-line up close, mm-hmm. what I can say is that as a defensive back is that they make – excuse me, they make our life a lot easier. You know, mm-hmm. the more pressure they can get on the quarterback, the, the more they can fill those, their, their run responsibility, fill those gaps, um, that, that frees up the linebackers to go in there to make those plays. The longer they make their quarterback hold the ball, for, or the longer, the quicker they can make the quarterback throw the ball, it's, it's, it, it, it makes our world a, a, a lot different and vice versa. You know, the tighter our defensive coverage can be allows those guys up front to get those stacks that they are, you know, that they're hungry for. So it, it works together. Um, but I know you mentioned all those guys on the line, you know, I think not having, um, you know, Chase Young is, um, is a big loss for them. I mean, he, he's a guy who, who started off rookie year, just, you know, going, going crazy, being a beast on the ball. And like the NFL, that second year is always different. And the players who find a way to continue to be successful usually go on to be very, very great. And a lot of people always say, well, man, you know, he had this great year, this rookie year. Why why he cannot repeat the same thing his second year? Well, there's something called video. (laughs) There's something called film, you know. Um, And that's just not for Mr. Young. That's for quarterbacks. That's for receivers. That's for your running back. You know, these defensive coordinators, head coaches, and, um, you know, offense coordinators, they watch film. Players, everybody watch film. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to let you get away with some of the same things you've gotten away with um, in years prior. Um, and so that comes down to game planning. Um, right. but, but, again, the game is won or lost up front. And, and, and it's amazing how being a, a former player – you watch the game, you see the game a lot differently than just, you know, the, the average civilian or, or fan mm-hmm. um, because you recognize different coverages. Obviously, you recognize improper technique or why a play was a bust or why it was successful. Um, and But you also understand that the game is won or lost up front. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those guys may not, may not get the big headline in the newspaper, but you better believe, you better be grateful and thankful for every last one of them. Mm-hmm. I hear that. I hear that. So how do you think uh, Rodgers is going to respond? I mean, he typically, when he has a, a loss like he had against the Jets, uh, he usually comes out and responds in a really ferocious manner. Do you expect to see that this Sunday? Absolutely, man. Listen, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is the, is the ultimate competitor. Mm-hmm. You know, if last week, you know, he got it handed to him. But again, this is a man who's what? Super Bowl champion, MVPs. Uh, multi-year consecutively <laughs> MVPs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you have to expect a, you know, that you will not get nothing less than his best come this week. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to learn to manage the players he has around him and make mm-hmm. all of them better. 
Right. And what he's going to do is come up with a game plan that does not – he's going to come up with a game plan that puts his players in positions to win. Mm-hmm. So some of those I – can't, I can't remember the, the, the second-round draft pick, the receiver they got um, mm-hmm. for the Packers. But he dropped a, 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 all the receivers and dropping a lot of balls lately, and and also hitting in, in the pocket. Mm-hmm. You better believe this week, last, this past week of practice, <laughs> Rogers <laughs> is, is, is is probably one of the toughest practice because if they can't catch the ball. I promise you, he won't throw it to him. And so I think he's still trying to find um, his go-to receiver he can be dependent on. So right. So I want to uh, switch your hat to a certain degree and put on the fact that you know you play for the new york giants so you know nfc east uh is been do- with the exception of the commanders they've been doing it quite well i mean the mm-hmm. eagles are undefeated the giants are 5-1 the cowboys are 4-2 and two. um are you surprised at how well the, the division is doing so far this season no 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 man you know mm-hmm. i may be a bit biased growing mm-hmm. up in the 757 <laughs> But the NFC East to me is, is one of the toughest conferences, you know, or mm-hmm. divisions, I should say, mm-hmm. um, to play in. I mean, the Eagles are not or haven't been historically bad. The Giants mm-hmm. have, I mean, the year they, they beat us in the national um, in the NFC championship game, mm-hmm. they were they barely made the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. they go on this miracle run and then they beat the Patriots who were undefeated. So, mm-hmm. again, I think a lot of people need to understand that um, – the season, obviously, you want the goal is to win every single game, mm-hmm. um, but you just want you want to be in a position to make the playoffs so you can get that playoff run, right? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about the Eagles or the Packers or the Commanders um, or even the Cowboys, I mean, it, to me, you, you don't count any team out until the data and the numbers say, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you can't make the playoffs. <laughs> then it's right. then it's over, you know. So right. yeah. So I guess my final question is that now that you have, uh, you know, transitioned into uh, uh, public service and everything, and uh, you're going to be concluding your service on Virginia Beach City Council, and you're going to be running for state senate next year um, for, in uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia. My question to you is that what lessons did you learn on the football field that you apply to your work as a public servant today? That's great, man. That's a great question, Mo. You know, I, I've learned a, a few things. Um, I think number one has been just having a sense of humility. Mm-hmm. You know, when you play on a team, especially when it comes, and this, I learned this from Frank Beamer and Bud Foster, you play on a team where, I mean, everybody thinks they are the number one player, they are the star, because they where they come from, their respective high schools they were. Mm-hmm. So you have to check your ego at the door, you know, um, and so in, in politics, a, a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of colleagues that who I've served with don't understand that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't care who gets the credit as long as we win the game. Right. Right. And fo- in football, when the running back scores a touchdown, it's not just up to the running back just doesn't get the points. The whole team gets the points. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, defense side of the ball is if a, if a cornerback or a safety or even linebacker misses a play and other team scores, that, that's just not on that player. It's on the whole team. And so I, I really value the the team aspect of it, but I also value the fact that 
what the game of football taught me, you, you have to work with people. You learn to work with people who, who have different perspectives, different backgrounds, um, different styles of communication as well, because it teaches you patience. Um, and, and that is one thing that, you know, football has taught me um, as well. But also uh, the fact that, again, you there's something to be said when um, the ultimate, you have this attitude um, that you just, you want the team to win. And so our team is Virginia beach, mm-hmm. right? That's right. our team. And we, and we have council people who have different perspectives and they do different things, but okay, that's fine. You know, that's fine. But is our team winning by the decisions you are making or are we losing? Are we getting better or are we getting worse? Right. You know, and, and the words of, you know, a great friend of mine, um, legendary player, the only defensive player ever to win the Heisman Trophy, Charles Charles Woodson, is, you know, nothing stays the same. You get better or you're getting worse, mm-hmm. you know? And so for, for being in this position, to be a voice for communities, all communities, and particularly those who have been underserved by the communities that I grew up in, um, it is uh, it is particularly um, it's particularly a, a strong I want to say a heavy load, but you have such a strong responsibility because it, it, this isn't just about it's it's not a game, right? It, it's not S and O. These are these are lives, mm-hmm. and if you can help and improve any someone's life, that's the ultimate goal, right? right. Um, and and so that's what that's what the game has taught me, man. Even even being on a team again, when you when you check your humility, because you may not get the interview on ESPN, you know, or or, or come Sports Center after the game. Um, you may not get the headlines in the newspaper, but did you win? And when when you win, like everybody feels great, right? And so that's what the, the game has. I've really learned from that standpoint is to work with anybody to make sure we're winning. Okay. Also, also accountability, man. Like that is so huge because in a, in a football game, Mo, you know, if you miss a tackle, you can't point the finger at somebody else and say, <laughs> you know, he missed a tackle because, you know, this, no, you should have made that play. If, if there is something in the offense side of the ball and you drop the ball, you can't say, well, he threw the ball too hard or it. No, like there's, there's something about accepting responsibility that athletes learn from, especially football players, because if you don't correct that issue, especially during the game, going into halftime, the other team will continuously exploit it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so for me, it's about accountability. I'll, I'll tell you, first of all, you know, I may not have all the, the smart answers in the room. I may not um, I may not be the smartest person in the room, but I, I am humble enough to recognize when I do hear it, how to make sure we have, we lift that voice up and take a seat and say, all right, what what do we need to do? You're the expert. Let's, let's, I know how to get behind it and, mm-hmm. and push for it. But also understand that when if something isn't getting done, like if there's an issue or problem, I don't shy away from that. You cannot shy away from that. You have to look that issue or problem right in the eye just as you would do adversity and move your head on. All right. That's the issue. Oh, we, we about to meet that head on and we're going to overcome that. And that is something where um, I wish was more prevalent in 
politics. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to point the finger at anybody. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to look at the problem and go, how do we fix it? Right. Then after we fix it, we can look back and go, oh, we could have done this better. We could have did this. Oh, we not. But yeah, so accountability, um, humility, um, and 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 respect, respecting each other. You know, I, well, one thing I do, I do value, and, and I like to read history. I did value in, in the historic. You know, when you look at historic policies, it was it was just principle. You know, there was no, there was no um, shortcuts, and when it came to our country, mm-hmm. you know, for example. When Nixon and Watergate happened, Republicans at the time didn't say, try to cover it up or make excuses for Nixon. They said, no, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. You're putting our country at risk. You know, when President Biden won the election, they didn't go, well, you know, now they're going, oh, it was stolen. It was, where are we? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's, where's that sportsmanship? Right. So that that's that's what gets me. It's like it's like we we're still on the same team. Mm-hmm. Like we 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 still live in the same house. Right. A house a house divided, all apart. So that's 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 what gets me, man. Is out of all the. You probably didn't ask me that. I know I went off on the tangent, but no, uh, no, the podcast is built for tangents, so don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, but that's what gets me. We can have differences. Yeah, but there are there are principles in place that that we may we must always keep an eye on. Going, wait, this is we're on the same boat, the yeah. same ship. We live in the same house. Like there's some things we should not fool around with, you know. Right. And is is understanding. It's one thing I, lo- I, I love about Coach Beamer. He taught me it's class, mm-hmm. right? You can win with class. You're everybody's happy when you winning, right? right? You're winning, everything's good. Mm-hmm. But when you're losing, how do you respond? Right? right? How do you respond? And you have to learn to lose with class as well. Um, and I hate losing. Everybody hates losing. I, I'm the only one who says they want to lose. Well, yeah. But, and and being a and being a Commanders fan, you know, we've we've, we've learned to. I don't say love losing, but uh, <laughs> you know, we, we've kind of uh, you know, we we, we want to stop losing and um, yeah. You should never love losing. I'll say that. That should be like a model. Never love losing, even if you're losing. Never love it. So let me, can I ask you a question, being that you're a Commanders fan? Yeah, uh, sure. I, I really want to know, and I have not had this opportunity, but I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity. Yeah. As a Commanders fan, do uh-huh. you really approve and appreciate the name the Commanders? You know, I... It it wasn't my first choice, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was a guy that liked the like the Redskins. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I understand all of the you know the social challenges that name meant for a lot of people. And d- despite how I f- I felt about that name, I understood why we had to move away from that name. Good, bad, or indifferent, um, I saw it as a benign description for the team but that was my opinion other people mm-hmm. felt otherwise and we moved forward i mean i would have liked something like the red hawks or the the uh the red wolves or the warriors something of that nature i mean the commanders is not bad but i think when you go from something that's iconic like yeah. 
the Redskins, like the Packers is an iconic name. The Giants is an iconic name. The Cowboys is an iconic name to the Commanders. And so much of the NFL, like you talked about earlier, talking about, you know, playing for Green Bay. You play for two iconic franchises that have won eight Super Bowls and have been in multiple NFL champions. I mean, they're original teams of the National Football League who have a storied history. So much of the, of the NFL experience as a fan is tied around tradition. Like remember when the Packers played the bears and, and that, and that NFC championship game, or remember when the Packers played the Raiders, you know, like we, we look at these team names as static, that they're going to be that name from now into the end of time. And I think for commanders fans, like we kind of ha- that was taken away from us. And now we have this new designation, this new um, identity. And it, it, it's, and, and we're, we're adapting to this new identity while people's not wanting to necessarily let go of the past, you know? So we're in this weird space where you go to a football game and you see commander's gear, you see Washington football team gear, you see Redskins gear. Like I seen a guy that had on like a Redskins hat, uh, a football team jacket and a commander's jersey. So he's, you know, so to make a long story short, you know, I, I'm, you know, I support the commanders. I'm still learning to grow uh, and appreciate the commanders. It doesn't have the same affinity to me like the Redskins have. I'm just being honest about it, but hopefully yeah. down the road, you know, it will. And I'll see, and I'll have the same feeling or maybe a different feeling, but a good feeling about the commanders, but I mean, I, I, you know, it's the team name. I support it. I'm not one of those. I'm never going to buy commanders gear. It's the Redskins forever. No, I'm not one of those guys. So yeah, go commanders. uh, It's just for me. And again, I am on outside looking in. Um, yeah, I support the name change. I just think the commanders, and it it takes some getting used to, Mm -hmm. but I think the name just doesn't roll off. Like, I, or the, the Cowboys are playing the Commanders. It's like who again? You know what I mean? It's like who are they play? Is that a college the, team? <laughs> yeah, the Commanders. It just doesn't. It just doesn't do it for me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I, 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 it's like I, we could we we could have came up with a better name than the Commanders, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 just I don't know. I don't know. I just I was yeah. curious to know what the true Commanders fans thought about the name. Um, yeah, so. I, mean, I think the thing I'll I'll say this before we wrap up is that I, I think it's a work in progress, right? I think okay. it's the, it's the first year of the team playing with this name, and I think of anything else like it's about winning, right? Um, it's always about winning, you know. You know, so if you got a if you got a winning product on the field, people are like I'm a Commanders fan, I go hard That's for true. the Commanders. But when, but when you're not winning, then as as you know, you know, because you know about it on the other side, you know, a, any negatives attached to that team get magnified. So that's, if, that's great point, man. if the team wants the people to fully embrace the commanders, they got to put a winner on the field. They got to win some games. So that's, that's going to be that's a ultimate. great point. Listen, when you lose every when you lose, yeah, my English. You lose everything gets magnified. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> everything. I mean, they will say, "Oh, you know, players ain't coming in and on the practice at this mm-hmm. time, or the bus came this late, or what mm-hmm. are they eating?" I mean, everything gets looked at because yeah. ultimately it's about winning. 
Yeah. And when it, when when the team wins, I mean everybody wins. But that's so. my team. That's my team. You know, new name. You know. That's you know, good, man. I'm I'm glad you 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 still rock with them. So how yeah. long have you been a Commanders fan? Oh God, I've been a Commanders football team Redskins fan since 1983. 1983. So wow. Almost 40 years. You, you yeah. yeah. I, 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 I wasn't I, even born then. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the DC Tweet Team podcast. Uh, I think this was an amazing interview. I mean, just to have the insight from a um, a former player and just the experiences that you had, uh, you know, both at the college level and at the NFL, at the pro level, uh, was amazing to hear. I mean, I know we've we've talked, you know, you know off off the show many times, but just to have an in depth conversation about your NFL career and the impact it's made in your life and your family and your community was really a great thing to learn. So uh, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And um, I wish you good luck and Godspeed and all your future endeavors and keep on being a great public servant here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Thank you. Thank you, Maurice. Thank you for having me on. It's been a great uh, opportunity for me. And let me just say, man, hats off to you. Thank you. I mean, a lot of times you're a guy like me are, are out there and in the public eye and mm-hmm. you and, and men and women like yourself are behind the scenes, mm-hmm. um, making sure a, a man like me can have, have something to advocate for in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been laying all the groundwork for quite some time in this area. Um, you have a strong voice here in, in the seven five and throughout the Commonwealth. And mm-hmm. so I just appreciate all the work that you're doing. It's, and this is a refreshing to have a conversation outside of uh, politics where something that you and I both enjoy and it's the game of football. So yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, until next week and uh, wishing uh, our co-host Jonathan uh, safe travels. And once again, happy birthday, Jonathan. Happy uh, have, birthday, Jonathan. Ha- have a wonderful time in, in Mexico and we'll, we'll see you next week.